Hey everyone, welcome to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. I'm your host Chris Desmond, and this is a show where I chat with interesting people doing cool things who challenge me and hopefully challenge you guys as well to get out of our comfort zones um, through the things that they're doing, but also through uh, their ideas and the discussions that we have on the show. Um, I believe the best way for us to grow as people and societies is to continually challenge what's comfortable to us and, and continually ask ourselves these questions. Now, in saying that, <laughs> this week is a little bit different. Um, I was supposed to have an interview with someone this week, but unfortunately they had to pull out um, and given that I'd been away for a wee while over Christmas and New Year as well, um, I don't have a backup uh, of any interviews. Um, I've got a few lined up for the end of February that I'm going to sit down and talk to a whole lot of people then. Um, but th- this week was a little bit thin on the ground. So I've kind of been racking my brain for things that I can talk about um, and even contemplated uh, just saying sorry and not putting out a podcast this week um, until actually this morning I was sitting down and I saw an article that someone had shared on Facebook, um, which kind of kind of struck me. Um, so the title, it's on uh, tvnz.co.nz um, and the title of the article is Warning, No Swimming at Wellington's Beaches This Weekend. Now, we haven't had huge amounts of summer so far in Wellington yet, and actually it's a, uh, I'm recording this on Saturday, um, it's a stormer of a day here, I've been out in the garden as well, so nice and hot, nice and sweaty, and just kind of one of the things that I really feel like doing now is going to the beach and going for a swim. So I will read out the article for you. Um, and then we'll kind of get in and have a bit of a talk about what, what it means and uh, get a little bit of input from someone else as well. So, quote, Yesterday's heavy rain has caused higher levels of contaminants to flow into the ocean via the city's storm drains. The downpour also resulted in an overflow at the wastewater treatment plant at Moa Point. All of Wellington's beaches should have should be avoided until Sunday, including the harbour and popular spots Oriental Bay and Lyle Bay. Wellington City Council spokesman Richard McLean said that the contamination was commonplace after such heavy rain. It's probably never wise to go swimming after heavy rain, he said. Oil and dirt and dog turds end up being washed down the drains into the harbour, so you're swimming in some pretty unpleasant stuff. It's not like we've got a contamination crisis on our hands. It's just a heightened level of pollutants. So stay clear of the water. End quote. So one thing that was that I was thinking about this is the the words contamination crisis. Um, now, obviously, this is this is something that is going to pass at this stage, but. If this is something that happens every time there's heavy rain in Wellington, um, I was talking to my wife about this today and we, we figured that would probably be at a minimum of between 10 and 20 times a year that all of this crap gets 
pushed down into the oceans. Um, it's it's really something that is kind of worrying and something that we should be uh, more focused on, I think, in, in doing something about it. It's definitely something that resonates quite heavily with me as well. I love being in the sea, whether that's um, beginner surfing or swimming or or diving um, for for seafood or just having a having a look around. Um, and I think as New Zealanders as well, uh, most of us spend a lot of time at or near the coast as well. So it, it should be something that we're that we're thinking about. Now, I think it it often isn't something that we think about, and I think the attitude of the council spokesperson in this instance as well um, is just to kind of push this aside and push it under the rug where actually there's so much more that we can do about this um, that across New Zealand as a whole, um, we can't keep using the land like we're using it now and expect our water to stay clean and fresh and um, be used the way that we want to, whether it's the the streams not being wadeable or not being swimmable and only being wadeable or beach closes due to contamination. Um, So I've repurposed a little bit of a conversation that I had with uh, my mate Nick Morrison earlier this year, or earlier last year actually, uh, to talk about um, environmental concerns and some of the the issues that we're facing at the moment. So first up, you'll hear Nick talking um, about his reasons that he's passionate about working for environmental change worldwide, but also uh, specifically in New Zealand. Um, so he initially worked as a personal trainer, um, but after after travelling and coming back to New Zealand, um, decided he wanted to do something different, and he works for, for Innocent Packaging now. So the first part is you'll hear his story about why this is important to him. So you've come back from the you've come back from the UK and you've gone to work for Innocent Packaging, which is uh, from kind of just the superficial look at it, it's quite a large change in career for you from going from a a trainer. to do you want to tell us a bit about kind of? Yeah, well, yeah, I've definitely thought about that quite a lot, and I guess it's something I've become you know now a lot more comfortable in. And it was a very uncomfortable decision at the start, and that was. Yeah, we worked out about 19 months ago, but now I'm really quite comfortable. And I do now and again just sort of reflect on the choices I've made and that that big decision to get out of fitness and and into this. But yeah, so tracing it back, I was brought up by parents who were just, you know, they just were naturally sort of environmentally conscious. Like it wasn't a big thing. It just were like dad always used to go for runs and come back and he'd have a bag of cans, you know, he would have picked up while he was running and he'd crush them and come back and, and do that. And it was just, that was kind of normal in our house. And we always had a compost bin and just never thought, you know, when you're brought up in that environment, you don't, that's all you know, so you don't think anything differently. So I've always kind of had that, like I said, environmental upbringing and, um, you know, being a real nature lover and, and I'll often... <laughs> 
stop and film birds or bugs or whatever on slow-mo on, on my phone and stuff. I just find nature just incredibly fascinating. And, you know, going through the um, Amazon in, in, in Brazil, I was just uh, absolutely awestruck by, if that's the right term, um, by the, the nature there and the just the size of that river and the amount of water that goes through there it's just it's just absolutely amazing so yeah clearly i've got some sort of environmental um blood or whatever you want to term it running through my body and i guess i it's always been there and you know like living in london i remember setting us up a compost bin there and my flip was like oh it'll stink it'll smell and i don't give a shit we're not putting food into the landfill you know and um, then we, I got them growing our own vegetables and um, we had a recycling bin and I had to bloody buy a whole new bin because I wouldn't put it in the bag in the cupboard so make it really easy for them. So I've kind of, <laughs> yeah, I've always had those kind of environmental sort of tendencies, I guess. And then the real kind of trigger or catalyst was, was traveling through for that six months stint I did through, um, I went to Brazil, Colombia, Panama, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Belize, Mexico, Cuba, and then a bit of the States as well. And a lot of those countries I just sort of rattled off are just so beautiful. And like, you know, the, the, the flora and fauna you see there are just so different to New Zealand and so, yeah, absolutely beautiful. But I was just so saddened, I think the right word, about the rubbish and stuff that you would see. And I'll never forget going to the, um, Sunblast Islands. And so between Mexico, uh, sorry, Colombia and Panama, you have to take a boat to get there because the Pan Am Highway hits the, this bit of a Kiwi term, but bush there, the, the, the jungle that they, they can't get through. So the, the road stops. So you have to get a boat. And so there's heaps of, um, you know, options for sailboats or whatever. It's quite a, a business, obviously, to get, um, people from, um, Panama to Colombia or, or the other way. And so I took one of those boats and we would stay on, we did it like it was over three nights. It only t- you could do it in like a few hours if you wanted to, but you you might take your time and you stop off all these beautiful islands. Like they look like postcard islands, you know, with one plant palm tree on them, you know, and beautiful sandy beaches. And, and then there's obviously much bigger ones as well that we stayed at. But we got to this one and um, it was beautiful and we swam around in the water and snorkeled a bit. And then me and a couple of the others that were on the boat, we walked up and over the, the island slightly and down the other side and I sort of felt this sort of crunching under my feet and I could sort of see a few plastic bottles and and I sort of pulled apart these weeds that had sort of vines that had sort of grown out and um, underneath them was just bottles, just plastic bottles. Plastic bottles as far as you could see really along this, well, what would have been a beach, but the plastic bottles had come and then this sort of grass or, or, or vines had sort of grown over it. And I was just so dumbfounded. I just couldn't believe it that that's how we are treating the world, you know. And it's you know this is single-use plastic bottles that people use once and then chuck away and don't care where it goes or don't care or don't think where it goes. Don't bother. It's out of sight, out of mind. And here it is piling up. And so it's actually being there and seeing the impacts of that behaviour. It was it really. Yeah, it just saddened me. I was just like, this, this isn't right, and this has got to be a better way. And we're we're better than this as a, as a, as as humans, you know. And as you sort of touched on earlier, like we've got our potential and stuff is so huge, but we're not achieving it as 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 we should be. I don't believe, and um, that is just a really good example of that. I thought, and so yeah, and there was numerous cases. Like I started taking photos of like 
rubbish that I'd see here, there, and everywhere. And you'd go to these beautiful beaches, and there'd be rubbish on them. And I was like, "This isn't that beautiful?" You know, like coming from New Zealand, the beaches here mm. are still so untouched, really. And um, yeah, so that whole trip and that, that, that really kind of was a catalyst, I think. And I came back to um, New Zealand totally broke, <laughs> but full of, um, I guess, motivation to sort of put my energies and time into trying to sort of fix that or correct that or do something towards it. I couldn't just watch and, and not and not sort of do something about it. And I didn't know that I was going to work for innocent packaging then straight away. I didn't even know that compostable packaging existed then. It was totally foreign to me. And so I, I, I came back and thought I'd sort of get back into the fitness thing. But um, through a friend, um, got in touch with, with, with Tony who founded um, – Innocent and, and got talking with him and we got on really well and had really similar visions and um, yeah, I guess. Now, I'm not sure of the exact contaminants and pollutants. Uh, apparently there's oil and dog turds and dirt that have flowed down into the ocean. Um, but I'm sure that there are a whole lot more than that um, that every time there's heavy rain get washed into our waterways and washed into our oceans. Um, and they're hard to see. They, I, I can't see them when I go into the water. I don't know uh, the quality of the water just by looking at it. Um, but next up, Nick's going to share with us uh, a little bit about one of the contaminants that gets into our oceans but also gets everywhere that is a little bit more visible. He's going to talk a wee bit uh, about plastic um, and potentially some of the things that we can do to, to change our habits around the use of plastic. Um, and some of these habit changes are also going to be good for other contaminants that we're putting back onto the land and putting into the water. Whereas we've come along recently with this great new idea that's a linear model where we drill for oil at greater and greater environmental and economic costs and risk and then we create this toxic man-made substance that we call plastic and then we use it once sometimes just for a few seconds and sometimes to do jobs that our body can do anyway like a straw I mean we're quite capable of sipping out of a glass but instead we want to put a a plastic straw um, between our mouth and that drink and then we we drink it once, and then we chuck it out, and then that doesn't break down. It it it, it it's an inert substance. It well everything will break down over time eventually, but we're talking thousands of years here for it to break down, and we're just pumping the stuff out, just piling it up, you know, and it's finishing up in landfills, and it's finishing up in the Amazon, and it's finishing up on beautiful beaches in Panama and Costa Rica, and it's um, finishing up in the oceans, and and uh, this is a, a stat from National Geographic last year. They, they, I think they published it last year. It might have been this year. I can't remember now. But they estimate 8 million tons of plastic go into the ocean every year. Sure. And people, I think, don't quite comprehend that. Like it's, it's so big a number, you can't get your head around it. Like you just think how light a straw is or how light a plastic bottle is. And now try and work out how much a ton of plastic must then be and then think a million tons, and then think eight million tons every year going into the oceans. Like what the fuck, <laughs> you know? Like it's sorry about the language, but it gets me. It gets me a bit riled up. Like I mean, what, how is that intelligent? How is that? 
how is that obviously sustainable? How can we keep doing that? Like, and we can't. Like, it's you know, you see constantly. Well, I do obviously because I'm, I follow these things on on social media, etc. But constantly, we're seeing whales dying on beaches, and they've got their stomachs full of plastic. And you know, the birds. Something crazy stat. Something like ninety percent of um, seabirds now found with plastic in their stomachs. Ninety percent. Like, shouldn't we have sort of started? Saying, hey, this is crazy when it was like 9%. Hey, this is not great. We should change. But it's 90% of seabirds with, with plastic in their stomachs. And, you know, like people still will get a straw in their drink and then chuck it out. And, you know, or your two straws. And then they'll get another drink with two more straws in it. Or they go to the, the supermarket and they get another plastic bag. And, yeah, it's just the, the stupidity of it is what gets me going, really. And, and trying to change that um, is. It's challenging, man. It's, <laughs> it's been a big, big, long challenge that, um, yeah, I, I didn't initially realise it'd be quite so challenging. Yeah, I think the use of the use of plastic is it's so embedded in our society now that if you if you go out and, and buy a drink, someone will just yeah. pop a straw in it, or if you go to the supermarket and they'll they'll just give you a, a plastic bag, and it's it's just easy and it's. Well, the straw is not overly convenient. Sometimes I poke you in the eye and yeah. drink out of the glass. But the plastic, oh, the plastic bag yeah. to carry your uh, carry your stuff is yeah, it is it, it's relatively convenient and it's. Yeah, I'm just thinking because yeah. uh, like plastic has revolutionised the way we live, and it is so convenient. And and that's one of the real challenges is to transform the way we live um, into a sustainable circular model where. We're not going to create this, you know, we're not going to trash the world for future um, generations and future people and for ourselves, but keep it, keep that convenience factor. And so that's where something like compostable packaging is, is, is so exciting because people can go along and they can get their takeaway coffee as they do every day from the coffee company or the, or the cafe and they can drink it and they can throw it into a bin. And then that can be, that bin can be compostable. It all just takes food scraps and it takes compostable packaging or, or, or packaging made out of plants. Yeah. The same. Things it's made out of plants, food is plants, and then you put that into a composting environment, and it'll break down, and you put that compost back into the soil. And that person won't even know; they won't. Their life is no different. You know what I mean? And where the challenge comes is when, yeah, you like tell people, sorry, you've got to have a, a keep cup, or you, you you've got to bring your own bag, or whatever. People mm. people are willing to do a little bit, and they're willing to go so far, but everyone's got their kind of limits, and they're kind of frustratingly not that. <laughs> yeah, that big. Um, but equally, in people's defence, like people, you know, it's it's hard work. Like we're constantly getting told should eat this and shouldn't eat that, and do more exercise, and you're supposed to look like this, and you're supposed to behave like that, and you should have a house by now, and you should be whatever. And people get exhausting, and it's really it's exhausting to to change your behaviour. Like you have to consciously think about it. And like I, I use myself an example when I've first sort of got on my no plastic bag rant was when I was living in London and sort of saw some articles about it there and um, was like, I don't want to be part of this problem anymore. It's crazy. And and so I had to really train myself to stop using plastic bags because they are so convenient, so easy. Um, and, and not using them was hard. And and so I would be walking out of there and we had this little um, supermarket just near where I lived and I'd go there most nights to grab stuff you know all the food would all be really packaged in plastic and then I'd be putting it in a plastic bag so I had to try really hard not to use a plastic bag and I'd be putting it in my my pocket so I'd have it in my 
uh, my jeans pockets, often wearing a hoodie, um, have it in my hoodie pocket, and even in the hood, I'd put, you know, bunches of bananas or something in the hood of my, my, my jersey, just out of this total determination to not be part of that, that, that problem. That was just, just the stupidity. And I was just like, I don't want to be part of that. And it took a lot of effort and a lot of, um, yeah, it was exhausting, you know, but it got there. I got through sheer determination. I kind of got it. And now it's an absolute habit. Like I just always got a reusable bag in the car. Um, I go to a market. Well, like I did this morning, bought some veggies, whatever, came back, I put the stuff in the fridge and I put my bag back in the car and I don't even think about it. It's just like brushing my teeth now, you know? So that's, yeah, trying to, to make sustainability really convenient for people and really easy for people. And you kind of need a bit of give both ways. You need people willing to make a little bit of effort or be, I guess, aware of the problem and aware of the issues. And that's the thing I've got to sort of keep remembering a bit because I'm so deep into this and I'm surrounded by it and, you know, all day I'm trying to sort of champion this stuff. And, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people have got other things that they're worried about and other stresses in their lives and stuff and getting a, a coffee cup lined with plastic, with a plastic lid, they just, it's not really part of their problem or, or, or it is part of their problem, but they're not part of their conscious problem then and there. And so you've got to try and make it so they can, Keep yeah living their lives, and we can keep things convenient, but do it in a circular model, do it in a sustainable model. Um, and yeah, there's some really exciting stuff happening as well. I mean, that sometimes sound a bit doom and gloom, but some really exciting things are happening. I mean, even just using innocent as an example. I mean, we we've been going two and a half years now, just over two and a half years. You know, so two and a half years ago we were in a company, and now we employ eight people. You know, because people are getting on board, and there's a real um, desire to and. and to change the, the the way things are, so and there's some really exciting technology coming um, out, yeah. And if you look into things like energy and solar power and all those kind of things, some really exciting stuff is happening. And now, I'm not sure that if what we've been talking about so far is actually interesting, or it's something that you guys care about that much. Um, Although I hope for at least the New Zealand listeners that it that it is, um, and I actually I hope for the for the rest of the world listeners as well that it is too. Um, but next up, Nick is going to put it into uh, kind of a New Zealand context about why this is something that we should care about beyond an uh, environmental standpoint why this is actually important to us um, from an economic viewpoint as well as a country not just environmentally i think people don't quite grasp that sometimes that they think oh it's just all you know environmental and saving the world and but it's it's about uh, the economy as well yeah because we our brand as new zealand is 100 percent pure and our brand is clean and green. And you travel on, you know, you go overseas and you meet people like, oh my God, you're from New Zealand. Oh, it's so beautiful. And oh, I love that place. So beautiful. And, um, and we've done a great job of, of, of marketing ourselves like that. And, you know, you, our, our produce gets, um, we get to charge a higher rate because people associate New Zealand with being clean and, 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 and green and, and, and pure. Um, the reality is that we kind of, we're kind of stuffing that up, <laughs> you know, not just for the production of waste. Um, we are just on that. We got, there's an OEC, you know, the OECD did a, um, they do heaps of, um, research and stuff, but they did one on waste and New Zealand was ranked last of all the 34 OECD countries. We got last for the amount of waste we put in landfill per person. And in Auckland, 
is another stat for you. We put 1.3 million tonnes of waste into landfill in just in Auckland. That's a tonne per person every year going into landfill. Um, so we're really like, we're cutting ourselves down and, you know, like, we, we're going to lose that pure image. Um, and, you know, we've got all these tourists coming here. You know, tourism's now our biggest export. You know, more money comes into this country through tourism than anything else. And people come here because it's clean and green and all that. And they come here and they get given plastic bags everywhere they go and they're given straws everywhere they go. And they, they're like, you know, we start questioning that. And then they're back over in their home countries, you know, in Europe or North America or whatever. And they see our, our lamb or they see our dairy products on the, you know, on the supermarket shelves and they see that it's a few dollars extra. And in the past, they might have been like, oh, it's New Zealand. It's so clean and green and pure. And, I'll have that. But now they're going to be like, well, actually, it wasn't so clean and green. And uh, actually, I read while I was there, I read that only 34% of the rivers are swimmable now because we've, we've trashed the rivers and, and we're going to lose that. And, um, that's going to have a massive impact on our economy as well, you know? Um, so it's, it's directly linked together, the environment and the economy. We've got a, we've got a, um, marry those together a whole lot better and I think you kind of you don't quite get that I think people don't you do people straight away think oh saving the environment is going to cost more money um, and why while it might cost more on that particular um, um, whatever that particular project or whatever but the long term saving and stuff as well you know Um so yeah, I guess um, coming back to your original question, like the, the, what keeps you going and stuff, is that kind of um, belief in, in in what we're capable of in New Zealand and what some amazing things we've done. And there's a small little country here, and um, yeah, such an opportunity to really showcase that here. And, and, and you know, and then the rest of the world can look at New Zealand and be like, wow, look at what they're doing there. They generate, they create zero waste, and they reuse all the things and recycle all the stuff, and um, the rivers are all pure and they can swim in them and um, yeah, like then you can start really sort of saying to the other parts of the world, hey, we can do it, you can do it too. Um, yeah, I think that's the kind of the motivation. I just it's got to yeah, got to be a better way than, than what's yeah. been done. Mm. Now, I know that this has been a little bit of a different episode uh, to the ones that I usually bring out. A um, couple of reasons for that. One is that uh, for the interview that I had for this week fell through, um, and unfortunately I didn't have any backup interviews to put out. Uh, so next week I'm planning on returning to the normal programming. Um but also I felt that after reading this article, um, I felt that I wanted to say something about it as well. And I think having a, uh, having a platform like a podcast um, sometimes gives me a little bit of responsibility that I need to, I need to speak out on things that I feel strongly about, um, which can be a little bit uncomfortable for me as well. Uh, sharing my viewpoint with a whole lot of different people um, all around the world. Well, when I say a whole lot, then some, anyway. Um, and thank you for listening, all of you guys out there who do tune in. Um, but I thought that uh, e- even though it's been a little bit of a kind of a gloomy topic today, um, 
there's a lot of hope with the stuff that's going on out there at the moment in terms of the technology that's evolving and the people that are are really pushing for environmental change around um and I thought we should end on a positive note so um I asked Nick uh, if he had any advice or life lessons or interesting facts to leave us with um and he had a uh, he had a stormer so we'll finish up with him on that note. Have you got any last advice or life lessons or interesting facts for the listeners before we finish up? <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> no, um, any interesting facts? Um, well, I guess sort of just talking with you now, going over that kind of stuff and talking a bit about what I've done and, and stuff, you kind of reflect a bit. And I think, yeah, I guess taking that, that leap you know like just talking to you about going out on my own in London when I, I left the, the, the studio I was working at and had a full-time job and, and decided to go on my own and work for myself and, and had to try and find my own clients and all that it was a big step and I was real nervous about it and I talked to a lot of people took a long time to make the decision but did it and back myself and then yeah that gave me a huge sense of, of, of confidence um, moving forward and so yeah I guess for people like do it you know like I know this might sound a bit deep, but I believe we've got one time on this planet and it's a beautiful, amazing planet and it's incredible. Life is amazing and make the most of it. Like, don't waste your time. Get out there, get doing. If you've got something you've thought about doing, just do it. Like, and, you know, who cares if you, what, and like I say, what is failure? Like, is, failure is not having a go, you know? bring it to football great football quote you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take well i think it's a basketball one actually but i'll pretend it's football you know so <laughs> take take the shots and um go out there and, and, and give it a go and what's the worst that can happen especially you know here in new zealand like i guess the people who probably listen to this podcast you know we're, we're pretty excuse my language privileged you know and we've got so much here yeah, so much given to us and we're so lucky to, to grow up in this country and um, you know, most of the people probably listening are, you know, educated and they've got their own, they've got shelter and they've got food and they've got all these basic necessities that so many people in this world don't have. Um, so we've kind of got a responsibility to, you know, give back a bit. So thank you all for taking the time uh, to have a listen to this today. And for those of you that have got this far in the episode, thank you very much. Uh, and I guess the the takeaway message from this one is just to be a little bit more mindful about our environment, um, to just be aware of, of what it is that we're putting back into it and if there are any things that we can do to just make our our lives a little bit a little bit cleaner, a little bit greener. Um but also to ask questions as well of uh, of politicians, of local governments um, about the environmental choices that they make as well. Um, it's a topic that that I feel reasonably strongly about, and uh, I'm sure that our children and our grandchildren are going to feel reasonably strongly about as well uh, if we don't leave the world in a in a good place for them. So. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it out. Uh, just hit share on your favourite pod- podcast app. Um, you can head over to Facebook, follow us at Uncomfortable is OK, um, 
We are also uncomfortable is okay on Instagram, uh, or you can follow me Chris Desmond NZ on Twitter. Um, and also if you didn't enjoy this episode as well, get in touch with me via one of those channels or send me an email uncomfortable is okay at gmail.com, um, with some suggestions of people that I should have a chat to, uh, and talk to them about their own uncomfortable, inspiring stories. Thanks again for listening. Um, And I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you all again next week. Um, And just a final thank you to my talented little brother, Jeremy Desmond, for his amazing uh, outro music. Thanks for getting uncomfortable with us today. (laughs) 